Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm staying up extra late tonight to see a test train pull into Brighton Station. One of my favorite locomotives might be on it, so we'll just have to wait and see. It's 73962. Oh, it's it. It's it. Oh, quick, I've got to get around. I've got to get around to see it. This is beautiful 73962. Dick my butt. What a beautiful locomotive she is. Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Friday, October 30th, and this is The Drop. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, we got Tass Mellis. What's up, everybody? What's up, Tass? Got Top Shot Hot Boy, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo! Hey, yo! The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lealis. Friends. Mm. And last, certainly not least, making the magic happen with these cold opens, it's JD. Hello! There he is, and here we are. Shout out to the stream team for joining us live right now on YouTube. If you guys haven't already, subscribe, like, comment, share the show. Our goal is, well, was, to hit 50,000 subs by Halloween. We've ticked up. We've gotten closer. We've ticked up. I think we're going to come up a little short of 50K, but that's okay. We'll get there by Thanksgiving. Just move the goalposts. That's all you do. Uh, Fun, fun drop podcast. Obviously, rapid fire fun and tweet of the night. A little Halloween segment for you guys to get you in the mood. Uh, We're calling it Trick or Treat. Looking at some early season trends and whether they're sustainable or not. Um, Just quickly, Lee, what what are the boys dressing up for Halloween this year? What are you going as? We had uh, a uh, Civil um, War soldier. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. Heaven. Which side? <laughs> <laughs> well, to be perfectly honest with you, JD, I think the red side. Uh, not sure how that's going to go over, but <laughs> we're in the south, man. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what this, else? My wife and I this morning just had a bit of a glance at each other and thought, hmm, maybe we should have uh, thought differently about this one. Uh, and then we got Black Panther safety. Uh, safety there with Black Panther. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, Excellent, excellent. Uh, and what about the girls, guys? Uh, Trey, what are you guys rocking with here? Uh, we had an explorer go to school today and a Cinderella go to school today. Okay. So. You say it like there's going to be a wardrobe change come Halloween. You, we got so many costumes oh, okay. here, Skeets. It's like uh, we might have a different costume every two and a half hours once the weekend finally oh. hits. Exciting. And uh, Tass, I know, I know Zoe. Zoe is one of these kids that seems to really like Halloween, which I dig. Uh, she, she's not afraid of the spooky stuff. So what is she going? A skeleton? Is that what I saw a photo of, I think? Yeah, she's been a skeleton. Yeah, we're yeah. probably in uh, V3 here of Halloween. So, I mean, you know, they had uh, they had some classroom stuff. But now that I heard that the uh, the South is taking up arms, uh, I think she can put on her, uh, her Northman costume. Uh, take care of business. 
And JD, your boys are older. Are they out of the Halloween face? Uh, no, they're still. They're not trick or treating. They're going to a party. Uh, I have no idea what they're dressing as. I know that Rachel. Uh, she found a badge in our costume, uh, our costume uh, tickle trunk, uh, just a badge on a chain kind of thing. And she's like, this is my costume. I'm going as a undercover cop, like literally a badge. And I'm like, no, that's pathetic. So I sent her to Goodwill and she's like dressing as Cagney and uh-huh. or Lacey. So she got like a like 80s. Yeah. She's going to feather her hair. So still using the badge. But, uh, you know. They put a little bit of effort. You're going to a Halloween party for God's sakes, uh, yeah. and I have no idea what the boys are going as. Oh, okay. uh, it's it's going to be a last second decision. Ah, those are sometimes some of the funnier costumes. Uh, just for those that have no idea what you just said there, tickle trunk, definitely a Canadian reference. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, 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 what, what would an American call it? I just uh, a costume <laughs> trunk. I don't, I, I don't know. I call it a tickle trunk now, but I guess it's because we've been friends for a decade. I don't know that it has a name here. Storage a, thing? Yeah, it's a box trunk? full of goodies, really. Yeah, that's it's all. a box full of costumes. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's from a very popular Canadian television show for kids called Mr. Dress Up. He had the tickle trunk. That's right. Mr. We keep our Dress sex up. toys in creepy. it, too, though. So. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Obviously. <laughs> okay. So, uh, great. Well, happy Halloween, uh, uh, to everyone out there, stay safe this weekend. Let's get into the games from last night. Had some really entertaining ones, and then we'll get to that trick-or-treat um, little fun later on. The game we start with, though, the Knicks. Hang on to deal the Bulls their first loss, 104-103. The Knicks bing-bonged your Bulls, uh, Trey, so get us started. Uh, very crazy game that the Bulls even had a chance to win this, but uh, where do you want to go with this one? I got to admit it. They straight up got bing-bonged last yeah. night, Skeets. Oh, the Bulls were not back enough. Bing-bong! They were almost back enough. I will say the most hyped October game since LeBron James debuted in the NBA 18 years ago today. Totally lived up to the hype. Come on, that was fun times last night, no doubt about it. The Knicks severely outplayed the Bulls, I would say, for the first 45 minutes of this game. They built a 13-point lead with about three minutes remaining. And then the Knicks went ice cold, 0 for 7 from the field, 0 for 3 from three-pointer. And most importantly, when Julius Randle went to the free throw line with five seconds remaining, Knicks up by just a point, 0 for 2 for Randle. I'm on my feet. I'm thumping my chest like Joachim <laughs> Noah. I'm yelling, let's go to nobody. Can't even get Laura to come downstairs to see this last attempt. The Bulls have a chance to win it. They're inbounding on the right sideline to get the ball into DeMar DeRozan. He fakes a handoff to Zach Levine, takes a couple of dribbles, pump fakes, lets a jumper go from 15 feet. (laughs) Not even close. Not even close. Bing bong, bing bong. (laughs) Knicks win, Knicks win. They are undeniably back, but I cannot wait to see Seven more games of this in the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, what did you think about the final uh, play call there, Trey? Any issues with it? Would have liked to see the ball go back to Zach Levine, who was inbounding it, like you said. Too much congestion over there. Barrett played it well. Like, What did you think of uh, Billy Donovan's call there? Last thing you said I think is the most true thing. R.J. Barrett played some great defense on this one. I thought yep. this was a fair enough play call from Billy Donovan. We just saw DeRozan carry the Bulls to a victory against the Raptors, hitting a bunch of fadeaways. The play was nice 
when he fakes the handoff, if you pause it from like, uh, you know, the other baseline angle, Fournier and Barrett are both, both going towards Zach Levine in that very split second. So DeRozan trying to get downhill. Maybe he could have gone a little bit more towards the basket, but I thought Barrett did a great job of recovering. Nice job staying down on the pump fake, which you expect from DeRozan, and made the shot really tough. The changes I would have made, yeah, like maybe DeRozan should have been the guy inbounding to Zach Levine. Then you probably don't necessarily get the action with like uh, the Knicks chasing DeRozan because he's not as much of a threat from three, but you're putting the ball in the hands of your best player. But like I said... DeRozan just had a great game against Toronto, so I don't have a problem with him getting the attempt. Maybe Vucevic should have been in the other corner because it gave Mitchell Robinson a pretty easy help onto DeRozan once uh, he finally started to make the move. But really, I just thought it was Barrett made a great play to get back into the play because he could have been beat pretty easily right there. So I don't know. Maybe DeRozan should have went straight up and not pump faked. I don't know. Whatever it was, uh, I don't think it was so much the play call that was the problem. I thought it was just a little bit better execution from the Knicks than the Bulls. Yeah, yeah. That was wild that he pump faked himself. I mean, yeah, yeah he shook Barrett. The, the, the handoff was great. He got space. And then maybe it's because he saw Vooch sort of in his peripheral coming to him that he decided to pump fake some air. But that allowed Barrett to catch up. And uh, yeah, then I, I, if there's something going on mentally there that he just he's he stopped the movement. I mean, he was in his shot. It was like a practice shot, really, when it came down to it. But yeah, he pump faked nobody. Nobody fouled him, and yeah, Barrett recovered, and oh, it was way short. I mean, there's something oh, it wasn't going on even that he's close. way short. Not <laughs> yeah. close. Not um, close. Lee, I want to know, did you turn that game off? Because Trey said it. They were up 12-13, a couple minutes to go. They had outplayed them. Knicks were uh, cruising to a victory. Did you click away? Did you go check out another game, or did you stick with this one? I kept it on in the background, I'm happy yeah. to say, because I was getting ready for this show. Yeah, just leave it on, and then you're like, whoa, whoa, this is a game here. They got a chance, but... uh What'd you do? I didn't turn it off in the physical sense, but yes, in the mental sense, yeah. I thought. Uh, <laughs> I thought, yeah, the ball the, because the Bulls didn't deserve to win that game last night. I thought the Knicks did outplay them for probably 43, 44 minutes. There, I thought the Bulls were okay, but they just couldn't seem to sort of get that lead to where they needed it. One possession with about five minutes to go. It was just the uh, the Knicks just kept on extending it, kept on getting good enough looks out there. And when Zach Levine had Taj Gibson on that last basket they scored, I thought, oh my God, that's a, the best thing to, uh, Zach Levine could do here is absolutely devour the old legs there of Taj Gibson. Now they know Mitchell Robinson, he's a little bit slow himself, but if Gibson's out there and you've got the mismatch, you do exactly what Zach Levine did there. So that was the only thing. DeRozan deserved that last shot for sure because he did uh, do such a good job against the Raptors. But uh, I think that if you're Zach Levine, you're, you're also like, if I get that mismatch again, give me the ball. But in those short time, you know, you've only got a couple of seconds to make a decision. I think you go with a more safety uh, option there of DeRozan. And, and yeah, he, he missed it clearly by a mile. But I thought overall the Knicks and Kemba Walker especially I thought was fantastic in this game. I think he finished five of six from downtown yep. and just giving them that support because uh, Zach uh, uh, Julius Randle had another good statistical game without impacting it like we saw him last season. But for him to be able to fire the ball out and find Kemba on the, on the three-point line like that, I think that's just such a huge difference from the Knicks last season. They just didn't have that guy out there. You know, Reggie Bullock hit a couple of threes, but, you know, obviously it's a, a huge upgrade over Frank Nielakina. Uh, and other guards they've had there in the past. So Alfred Payton. Alfred Payton's the other one. Yeah, so uh, overall, you know, I, I thought the Knicks hung on. They clung on Zach, uh, seeing Julius Randle's second free throw there because it rose up high and he was trying to will it in. It couldn't <laughs> drop for him. Um, it would have been a heartbreaker there for the Knicks to, to lose this game. But uh, it had a... 
I mean, I didn't think it was a great game, a great contest. It was more like a playoff game where it was a bit of a grind. You know, the Knicks were never home, but the Bulls were never quite close enough either until that mad scramble at the end. Vooch hitting that big three was huge as well because, uh, you know, he had the arms up for the crowd. Everyone was going crazy and it was, uh, you sort of felt maybe they can steal it. But uh, in the end, I think the right result was that the Knicks deserved to win the game. Yeah, I thought their defense was pretty damn impressive. Like their game plan of like, Anybody but Zach and Damar, the way they were like aggressively doubling those guys, getting out of their hands, then they switched it up, how that help was coming and then recovering. You know, this is classic tip stuff here. Um, but the Bulls are a great defensive team too. Yeah, that in that sense, it had the uh, a little throwback vibes to it of let's go back to the 90s Bulls-Knicks heyday uh, where nothing's going to be easy. And it was fun. It came down to the last uh, shot, of course, and uh, that's what we want there on uh, TNT. I mean, whoops, no. <laughs> NBA TV. Uh, Tass, anything else to uh, add to this game, especially from the, the Knicks side of things? Like, Has there been a better um, addition to a roster over the offseason than Kemba Walker uh, through the first, what, you know, nine, ten days of this NBA season? As his, he's been instrumental in this hot start for them. Yeah, but this was definitely a, a great game. He, he's been hot and cold. There's got to be better additions out there. It's got to be. He's, he's had some bad games. I thought uh, this one, his bounce looked way different. He looked real good. And, yeah, it was Julius Randle, I think, had you know an incredible 3-for-11 game. He did not shoot the ball all that well, but throw him on the block, and he's going to find guys cross-court. It was those passes that uh, Lee mentioned there. Kemba's sitting on the other side of the floor. That's a hard pass. The lefty just puts it in one hand and just rifles it to Kemba. So Kemba's game really came from Julius Randle's nine assists. That was uh, mm-hmm. that was him making things happen, and then he he boarded like crazy with 16 boards. So a, a big effort from Julius Randle to to make Kemba. Uh, yeah, he was into his shots. He he got he got a little springier. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, the, the feeling that it should have been on TNT or something. Like, it was Thursday night. It, obviously, there was the hype there. The only person who wasn't excited was Aaron Gray, former Chicago Bull, sitting beside Joaquin Noah, <laughs> not moving. Everybody else was pumped. Tabo Sevalosho was pumped. Lou Aldan got up. But uh, Aaron Gray just chilling. I thought it was uh, it was pretty cold. The, uh, the producer went back after Julius Randle missed those two free throws, went back to Julius Randle, yeah, trying to will it in, struggling, just that bad free throw. His face, uh, get in there. Uh, it was awesome. Oh, that was awesome TV. It was uh, it was a really close game. The, the Bulls just had to recover a little better on those passes and not fall asleep a little bit. And, yeah, the inside is uh, going to be a struggle this year. Right. I don't know about this oh, Bulls. Oh, my goodness. This Bulls Tass. defense and the, oh my the rebounding. If I have to see another play that ends with Nikola Vucevic running back up the court after giving up a bucket while holding up his hands to show the ref that he didn't foul, I'm going to throw something through my TV. (laughs) This guy is infuriating right now. Skeets, you posted the clip on Twitter last night. Fast break defense (laughs) running the other way. And it worked. (laughs) It did work. It did work. Probably because you never see somebody play defense with their back. But I don't know. Has Vucevic ever in his life, jumps to block a shot. <laughs> it didn't happen last night. Bound, yeah. I don't know. Uh, what did Mitchell Robinson end up shooting? Let's yeah, see I think 4-4. Four, four. I think a lot of them were just... Oh, 4-4. Four, four, four. It was yeah. four alley-oops in yeah. the first yeah. three yeah. seconds of the game. They're just dumping it over the head to this guy. But then Vucevic hit the, hits the big three in the fourth quarter, and I'm yeah. 100% back in <laughs> this guy. That being said, the Bulls are going to have to figure out something. They're going to need... Uh, Tony Bradley is getting healthy again, but yep. he's not really going to be the answer. Patrick Williams went out. 
uh, with a sprained wrist last night. He hasn't looked great to start the season, and you could just tell that uh, the Bulls were the smaller team last night. Like, they had Lonzo Garden, Julius Randle for a lot of this, yeah. and he tried hard, and he was yeah. doing a good job of getting deflections and steals, but Randle's, like, bulk and size was uh, a massive factor, and, like, he didn't shoot very well, but like you're saying, Tass, nine assists for Randle, and it was just because the Bulls had to keep doubling to try and get the ball out of his hands, and then it was just a wide-open three-pointer. Usually for Kemba last night, R.J. Barrett had one. Evan Fournier made a couple of threes, and that was the difference there. But the Bulls looked tiny. They looked tiny compared to the Knicks. Yeah, Kemba Walker, by the way, shooting 58% from three right now. That is just an unbelievable upgrade for the Knicks' backcourt. That got nothing from distance last year with those guys that we mentioned. Uh, other people are throwing out, you know, huge pickups during the offseason. DeRozan <laughs> would be one of them for for the Bulls' strong start. Kyle Lowry, of course, going to Miami and the impact he's had on that team. Um, Rubio Tess uh, on the Cavaliers. <laughs> so, yeah, there are no, other ones. There. But I think Kemba's in the mix. I think he's been uh, – you're right. There's been some duds, but 58% from three, my God. Yeah. He, he, yeah, he looks yeah. pry. Yeah. yeah he, I mean, he can't, he can't play every, every game 30 minutes a game. But, yeah, you, yeah. you – you call up Sam Preston and you say, hey, OKC, you want to dump anybody on us? Yeah, Kemba Walker, take him. He's yeah. just a huge upgrade on Alfred Payton, who was uh, not shooting last year. Not yeah. his thing. So, yeah, big, big, big time. It was cool. Tibbs, I know nobody cares about coaches, but Tibbs comes in there and just just gets his D to play. That must have felt so good. He must have smiled for the first time in four years, you know? Like well, that <laughs> maybe until they blew it at the end. I'm sure uh, that's all he's pissed off about. Yeah, but you're right. They were playing great defense for the majority of that game. They were locked in. Um, I got a question with the Joakim Noah Knight here, uh, Trey, and I saw our guy Kelly Dwyer writing about it in his newsletter. Why, what, you know, they didn't want to retire his jersey number. Instead, just say, here's a knight and let's honor you. Like, why not go in the the full distance here with a, a jersey retirement for a guy that played nine seasons there, two-time All-Star, three-time All-Defensive Selection, one Defensive Player of the Year, you know, some playoff success. I mean, yeah, no championship, but uh, ranks pretty high in some of the categories when we're talking boards and block shots. You know, why not? Uh, because the Bulls are a prestigious franchise and they have very high standards for retiring their numbers they haven't retired a number since scotty pippen okay that's got to be the answer for sure yeah when you're one of the premier franchises in the nba you're allowed to be choosy with these sort of things you got to win a title at this point to get a number there in chicago dig in man dig in you can't Those even like uh, you can't even have like uh, I don't know some of these uh, stadiums and arenas have like a ring of honor or something like that it's like the level down from a jersey retirement just night we're just gonna cool. give you a night bring all your friends back and by the way they made him an all-time, job all-time on the broadcast. And a lifetime ambassador though that's true I guess yeah, whatever that means I'm not sure that. yeah he's he's, but he's like Pippin Pippin has he's that like well. a, he's like a Pippin exactly right okay okay um, I was gonna say the broadcast though the video was nice everybody talking about Joe. Uh, but <laughs> where they had him in the arena and the camera angles they had, we couldn't even see him. Couldn't see his reaction. He also wasn't helping us out by remaining seated for a good chunk of it. And then <laughs> yeah. he finally stood up, but yeah. All right, I'll stand up. Yeah, uh, yeah I thought that was very funny, too. I. You should stand up when you're being honored, and the entire <laughs> arena is yeah. standing up and clapping for you. Guy. But uh, you mentioned Tass, Tibbs not smiling. Everybody else was smiling in the arena during the Joakim Noah tribute. They showed Joakim. He finally stands up. He's happy. Uh, They cut to Taj Gibson. He's smiling. Derrick Rose points up into the crowd, up to Joakim, saying, hey, what's up, buddy? And then they cut to Tibbs. 
Nothing. He is not <laughs> smiling. This is during the game. We can oh, yeah. celebrate later. This guy was stone cold serious out there, which I thought was great as well. But, but also, nice to see everybody come back. Before the game, the Bulls shared some photos of Tibbs and Joe Kim Noah having like an embrace. And uh, the smile on Tibbs' face then, it was like his son had graduated. He was so proud. And so that was good. But when the game tips off, no friends for Tibbs. No. He's out there to win. Like a Logan is... Roy out there. <laughs> here is a question uh, from FL Warrior. Or I guess not a question, more of a statement. D. Rose will get his retired. What do you think about that, Trey? Is uh, I mean, he still gets unbelievable ovations every time he plays there. Uh, will Will Rose get his number retired by the Bulls? That's interesting. That's a great question. Uh, I mean, I would say no. He does have an MVP, the youngest MVP in league history, and he is a Chicago guy, but I don't think that's the standard in Chicago. Okay, okay. Um, let's hear from everybody else in the stream team with that one. Do the Bulls eventually retire Rose's number? Let us know. Okay, let's keep it going here. If there, unless there's anything else you wanted to add, Lee, you lo- must have loved the Caruso pass there. Oh, yeah. Baseline yeah. drop off to yeah. Zach Levine. You know, almost some people saying very solid, but too sexy in my mind. <laughs> no, no, right. no. It was beautiful and solid. Mm-hmm. I just keep okay. can't help but think of how the Lakers would love to have Caruso on their team right now in yeah, that backcourt. They could certainly use him. Yeah, yeah. Just, just to add on to that, we took some questions on Wednesday show, Mailbag Show. Uh, somebody wanted an award for the most impactful player who scores less than 10 points per game, right. fewer than 10 points per game, Alex Caruso being yeah, a guy who could win that award. What about the guy who gets paid in single digits, too, who doesn't get paid $10 million? Caruso Ooh. could be that guy, too. He's getting paid 9 mil. It's an interesting. Everybody's getting paid double-digit mil. Yeah, I, I would. problem is too many rookies. You know, Some yeah. rookies are still getting rucks. paid. Couldn't count rookies. Anyways, I'm just stretching this award thing. It's not going to okay. work. But anyways, Caruso, incredible on that Kemba defense at the end there. It's very solid. Our uh, other great game from last night. Lee, you can get us started here. John Morant, the Grizzlies, winning a thriller here against Steph Curry and the Warriors. Um, did you watch this one last night, this morning? I fired it up this morning, but what did you think of this one, Lee? Yeah, well, what what do you want to point out first? The, the Grizzlies on the second night of a road back-to-back their fourth game on the road of five to start the season against the rested Warriors who are unbeaten and at home. Steph Curry's on fire. And the Warriors are up 19 points in the first half. You could maybe go to bed thinking, okay, this one is a wash for sure. Right. But instead, uh, the Grizzlies fight back. And the Warriors, for an experienced team, really just fell apart down the stretch. They couldn't get their offense going. In fact, Steve Kerr tried to get Steph Curry into the game, but because there was sort of no delay in the game or no pause in the game, he didn't get him back in until just under five minutes ago in the fourth quarter. But you'd think still it's Steph Curry. Fine, he can come out and shoot, of course, and score easily enough. But he wasn't able to, nor was he able to in overtime. Although the overtime, I wouldn't recommend you go and watch this overtime. It is not the prettiest five minutes of basketball we've ever seen there. But the Grizzlies hang on to win. And uh, again, Ja Morant, what can you say about this guy? Another 30 points last night. Hit a big three. Uh, His defense is great. And he leads that team. But he gets so much help from guys. Jaron Jackson hit another three threes last night with 15 points. And Desmond Bain with 19 points. Talk about the most improved table. Desmond Bain's got to be at the wine list right now, ordering what the table's going to consume because he's been fantastic. (laughs) But um, and the and the Warriors again for a team, you know, unbeaten. But you just don't expect sort of careless mistakes. They got a a eight-second violation 
late in the game there to turn the ball over. They turned it over 23 times at home. They just, it's almost like the Warriors just have the, uh, the, the, the Grizzlies have the Warriors number in Golden State because they did the same thing last season late uh, by stealing a game and, and dropping the Warriors into the playing game. So mm. uh, this was, you know, I, I know ESPN used to have that sort of scheduled loss um, calendar. Yeah. If you would have ever put a scheduled loss on, it would have been this one for the Grizzlies last night. Because as I say, they were in Portland the night before and got smoked. This is their fourth game. They've played both LA teams. You would think, we've got to get home and let's just get out of here against the Warriors. Instead, they come back and win one of their most, uh, you know, easily their most impressive victory for this season. And Ja Morant, I, I keep on looking at that shooting stroke of his, the mechanics, and I'm like, I don't believe in it. But then he hits this massive step back over, uh, or not really a step back, but more just a, a massive bomb over Draymond Green and he leaves it hanging three oh, would yeah. be so happy there <laughs> doing a little dance and uh, the Grizzlies pull out this victory and the Warriors offense just the Jordan Poole hype train has uh, derailed I will say at this point <laughs> derailed what? it's come off the tracks a little bit um but they just really... What's the could- train called? Dick McButt or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> it's just shocking to see oh, this team... Oh, the 79236? Obviously oh, still without without, uh, without Clay Thompson there. But there's no other excuse for why this team couldn't score more than three points, I think it was, in the end in yeah, overtime. Yeah, it was. 6-3 in overtime. Yeah. Um, That's how they usually go. Tass said that uh, a couple of days ago. But Yeah. yeah. So huge win for uh, the Memphis Grizzlies and uh, and Taylor Jenkins there, looking a little bit like our friend Dave DeFore with the big bushy beard there, I thought, on the sidelines. Uh, fantastic way for them to get that last victory of the road trip here because, uh, yeah, this one, this one had sort of blowout written all over it and it was going that way in the first half. Yeah, Tass, um, what do you think of this one? I mean, we had the Warriors having chances to win this game, especially Curry, had some looks. And they wouldn't drop. Damian Lee had a three in overtime that would have tied it up, and it went bing, bing, like in and out. And he had some big uh, shots in, uh, down the fourth quarter. But, yeah, Grizzlies, man, what a win. Phenomenal game. And, uh, yeah, they play the Warriors really tough. This is where the Grizzlies' depth pays off, right? In regular season games where Curry went to the bench in both the, you know, the beginning of the second quarter there and then the, the beginning of the fourth quarter there, they got plowed. They lost by 15 points when Curry was on the bench, hmm. and the Grizzlies' depth comes into play. It's you know it goes uh, it's a double-edged sword because in the playoffs because they don't really have top-heavy talent and because everybody starts to play a little harder on the defensive end, you know that depth is sort of canceled out. Uh, but that's why they're a great regular season team. Uh, you know the opposing stars rest, boom, they can win those minutes, and that's why they won this game when Curry sat 15 points. But uh, he came back and. Uh, yeah, that 19-point lead was a race. It was real close. Damian Lee has been phenomenal. That Draymond Green walking across the midcourt line uh, with uh, just over a minute left for that eight-second violation, amazing. The, the Warriors are so good at turnovers. They are so good at <laughs> they, they No one can do it like them. Uh, but, yeah, if, um, you know, if Jordan Poole is, is all of a sudden morphs into Clay Thompson, then they win this game. So Clay's got to come back. Uh, Poole is... Uh, yeah, he, he's ice cold. He got out of the pool, and now he's uh, waiting for a towel, man, because he was, <laughs> he, was, he was fine in the preseason, 36%, uh, but since he is ice cold, as our man Anthony Slater has po- pointed out, 7 of 31 uh, in the regular season, including five air balls. Anthony Slater digging <laughs> yes. in on where do you find those stats? He's obviously looked at every one. He's 22%. So, uh, yeah. They need clay, but I mean, what a what a game! What a, what a yeah. game for for the Grizzlies to to knock off Golden State. The Grizz are climbing. 
This and is going to sound dumb. Yeah. Does it count as an air ball if you shoot a three-pointer from 30 feet out and you only hit the glass? Mm. Obviously, it's hitting something, but it's yeah. just the same as it's having an air ball. An air ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know Jordan Poole had one of those early in the season, <laughs> a big-time pull-up glass ball. <laughs> uh, so maybe it's six, but uh, Steph Curry sat too long in this one. He only played four and a half minutes in the fourth quarter. That was ridiculous. Like, I mean, Curry, Kerr wanted to rest him. Uh, but then Steph Curry went and played in overtime and ended up playing 40 minutes anyways. Mm. Probably don't go to overtime if you bring Curry back in a little earlier. Uh, but he didn't have a great shooting night either. That being said, when Jordan Poole doesn't have it going, he's the only other guy who really creates offense uh, for the Warriors. And if he doesn't have it going, you got to get Curry back in as soon as possible because that's your MVP. That's the best player on the court out there. So that to me is a little bit on Kerr, uh, just having this guy rest a little too long. Yeah, I don't even think you're as upset with Poole not being able to hit a shot right now, which isn't great. I get that. But six turnovers from him, and then you're pairing that with five from Curry. Okay, he's always got the ball. Draymond, he forces some things. Like you said, the crazy eight-second violation. that He had five as well. I mean, that's a lot right there from like your three quote-unquote sort of best players on this squad right now. Just too many. 22 turnovers. It's going to be tough to win a game. And they nearly did. Again, I mean, Curry had a, Curry had a really good look. At a, at a game winner. I mean, he's you, you're going to mm-hmm. take that shot. You know, he'll probably hit that eight times out of ten. He even said it. He's like, no, it's a good look. I should knock that down. And and, and he before they gave they gave the intentional foul just before that. Yeah, yeah. and he good. stepped that into it, good. banged and, it, and he hit it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, he also hit a shot in this game. A running, oh, yeah. a running one legged like, floater three pointer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, one footed three pointer. Uh, it was at the end of the first half, right? Or getting down to the like, 30 Second seconds. quarter, yeah. Bob, Bob yeah. Fitzgerald called it a Steve Nash, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Can, Going from, left to right. It's not a dirt. From three. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. He had another shot in this game, too, where he, like, he like double pumped, like, sort of double clutch and then sort of chucked it with one hand. Like, he didn't have his uh, his guide hand on the ball. I don't know if you saw that one, Lee. It was uh, in front of the Warriors bench, I think. It just... The shot making for this guy. I remember that one in particular. Yeah. But uh, with Steph, uh, he does get caught on kind of those shots off. Because actually, just one thing quickly as well, talking about you know the, the James Harden free throw as well. Steph Curry hasn't been getting them either this season like he has in the past. And so has Trey Young as well. I wanted to bring this up yesterday, actually. I forgot to, about how it's not just James Harden who's being impacted mm-hmm. by the new rules. Other star players are also not getting the free throws that they've gotten in years gone by. And that's great for the league. Mm, we got some more free throw talk later on in oh, Trick or awesome. Treat, Lily. Yes. <laughs> you didn't look at the rundown. I uh, just found out. But, uh, that's okay. Uh, I'm going to bring it up when we talk Hawks. Even earlier, you want to oh, talk yeah. Rose. Oh, yeah, Trey Young oh, oh, oh. had something to say. Oh, okay. Well, we'll get there in a second. Um, just quickly here, let's slip this in. Luka Doncic scoring 25. Mavs beat the Spurs 104-99 after some, some very wild swings um san antonio jumped out to the 25 to 5 lead to start this game but the mavericks bench was pretty instrumental in getting them back in it especially brunson and maxi kleber i'm gonna say this lee i'm gonna throw it out there is maxi kleber better than Kristaps porzingis <laughs> oh <clears throat> he might be honestly he might be because he played about 30 minutes uh maxi did in this game Chipped in 12 and 10. Okay, 12 points, 10 boards. He hit four three-pointers. He had six blocks. He was a plus 22 in this game with all these wild swings. No Porzingis in this one. He didn't play. Mm -hmm. But through three games that he's played, he has a total of 18 rebounds. He has a total of six blocks. And he has a total of four three-pointers made. Um, So, I mean, what my point is, like, Maxi Kleber basically just, like, 
matched his entire output this season through three games. He's like, mm-hmm. he's really good. He's really solid. And Porzingis is what I'm getting at. He's just been very disappointing. I had high hopes for him bouncing back this year, and so far he hasn't. Yeah, they didn't miss him at all last night. <laughs> That's at my all. point. Uh, Jalen Brunson is their second best player overall, I think. Uh, but Kleber was out there good, uh, spreading the floor and hitting those shots. Now, last week I came back from the Fortress after the Hawks smacked the Mavs, and I wasn't all that convinced of their team of the way that they played their offense. Now, they've rattled off three straight wins since then. But against the Raptors, they came back. Uh, against the Rockets, they should win that. And then last night was a bit of a, a, certainly a wild one, how it was swinging around there last night. But still just not convinced about the Mavericks. Uh, just mm-hmm. don't, I want to see them play a little bit of a, a tougher competition because um, I, I just feel that they rely a little bit like you're living by the three, you're dying by three. I know that's the game these days. That's the league. But uh, I'm just not sure that that is a reliable way for them to continue winning games. But let's get to the Porzingis chat because um, surely right now the Mavericks are like, okay, we, we have to try to trade him because he doesn't really impact the game. And Luca, I think, is going to be better with just these guys around the floor that just spread it out. And uh, Porzingis doesn't really give them that inside scoring option that they like would like to have. If he's going to post up and get those in-the-paint shots that are hard to defend, great but he's not really doing that either he's not really impacting defensively and he's not really rebounding the ball so exactly what he contributes to that team it's very difficult to see that it's uh, significantly impactful at the moment i think the mavericks would be better off moving on from him if they can if they can find a taker for his contract Mm. anything to add to that task porzingis playing like a shitty barnyani (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's true. <laughs> it's, yeah, ooh, facts. No, it's uh, it's hard to dispute that. I, I, you know, I'm in the camp that every contract is tradable, but I don't know if this one's tradable. Usually, these monster contracts, a la you know John Wall uh, of uh, the last couple of years, got traded for Westbrook. You know, those those contracts get traded for each other. My problem for your problem, Kristaps Porzingis, hundred right. mil left on his contract, essentially for counting this year. I I don't know. I don't see one out there. If somebody's making thirty three, like around thirty mil right now, is right. there? Is there like somebody? a Ben Simmons? Ben Simmons for <laughs> Poor Singus Poor Singus. <laughs> Who says no? Sixers, I think. I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I would. theoretically, yeah, the Sixers say no, but also, like, what better back are the Sixers getting? I don't know. Maxi Kleba. Ben Simmons Sam, from Maxi Sam Kleba. said this before you said it. Don't suggest Simmons for Porzingis. It's pointless. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah no, so I, I don't know. Anyway. Bargnani, Luke, is Bargnani available? Can the Mavs trade him for uh, Andrea Bargnani? Uh, how dare you, Rich? He says uh, shitty Bargnani is redundant. Hey, come on. Yikes. Bargnani ahead of his time, man. He'd be dominating in today's game. Um, Luca was, was pretty special in this, though, I will say, like taking over in the fourth quarter. And I saw a bunch of Spurs fans, Great and Gordian being one of them on Twitter, it's going to be a lot of Spurs games like this where they're they're in a lot of games, Lee, because uh, they, like we've talked about them, they have a lot of youthful talent. There's there's pieces there, but they may just not have, especially with DeRozan gone now, like they may not have the ability to sort of close games out, uh, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately right now. You know, you get another pick and you're laughing because they do have good guys, but mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a lot of losses like this. I would agree with Spurs fans saying that. Yeah, and the same thing happened against the Lakers. They just couldn't close it out. They just don't uh, seem to, which is unusual for a Greg Popovich team that with because these guys aren't just all rookies either. I mean, DeJounte Murray's been there for a while. Lonnie Walker's in, what, third season, fourth season there. Derek White's been there a while. Like, you would, un- you would think by now they would have the Greg Popovich sort of mentality of, like, keeping it, you know, keep your composure at the end of games, defend well, 
and take high percentage looks, but they're not able to do that. And yeah, this one, I think they were up 20 to three at one point, and then yeah. it was basically like 27 each uh, at some other point. So that just shows that they're not locked in uh, as defensively as they need to be. But they've still got some talent on that roster. It's just, I mean, Yaka Pertle's been playing really well for them too. So He was good in this game too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Jakob yeah, Pertl's your best player, you're tanking. Sorry to say it, but that's exactly <laughs> what the Spurs are doing. And it's a perfect tank team right now. Get a lead for three quarters, blow it in the fourth. You play hard the whole time and you lose. What else yeah. could you ask for if you're a Spurs fan? Yeah. Making the playoffs 25 straight seasons, sure. Number two, though, would be getting a high draft pick. Yeah, I, I, was, I would agree with that. Um, just a wild note from the Associated Press here. 17 of the last 21 games between these two teams, uh, the Spurs and the Mavericks, decided by seven points or less, so it's a, always a close game with them. And the Spurs and Mavs are going to play three times here in the span of 12 days, and their entire season series, Lee, is going to be over before Christmas. <laughs> Just a weird little <laughs> squid, uh, scheduling court there uh, between mm. these uh, intrastate teams here. So there you go. Okay. Me, uh, sorry, sorry, excuse oh, One, oh, one quick thing. I, I threw out the Porzingis thing. Who do you trade him for? Yeah, I threw out the Ben Simmons. The stream team is always extremely smart and will always find a good match. But I don't think even they could find one. Jimmy Jimerson threw one up there that makes you think. <laughs> Kevin Love makes you think for a second. But Kevin Love's got a year shorter on his contract. I don't see the Cavs doing that. Why would they? Why would they no, take a no. long-term They've contract? already got their own shitty Barniani and Lowry Markinen. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they're all the same guy. <laughs> yeah, they're it's, not doing that. No, so. they're not doing that. No, there's just the stream team couldn't come up with one. David Hill said Porzingis for De'Aaron Fox because they have so many guards. Come on. No, Kings aren't doing that. I, I, um, I like this one. Porzingis and Powell for Wall and Wood on the Rockets. I like the idea of John Wall becoming a Dallas Maverick. I think he helps. And I mean, Christian Wood okay. is the best player in this trade for sure. Yeah. So I think Houston's saying yeah. no. Yeah, I think Rockets are saying no to that. Yeah. Okay, but this is hard. Getting closer. Dragic oh, and God. Boucher for Porzingis, says Scott Ferris. Hey, bring Barnani back, baby! <laughs> Call it in. Call it in. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, my God. Yeah, okay. I'm in on that one. I don't mind it. Uh, all right. Come on. Let's get to the other games here. Uh, three left. You can touch on any of them you want, Tass. We had Beal uh, leading the Wizards over the Hawks 122-111. to 111. Embiid scored 30 on a bad knee. Uh, 76ers held off the winless Pistons. And the Jazz put seven guys in double figures as they killed the Rockets 122-91. to 91. Utah is still undefeated, but no one cares because we will <laughs> refuse to talk about them until they show us in the playoffs. But... Of those three, anything you wanted to touch on? Yeah, I can't really get too pumped for the lone undefeated Jet, the lone undefeated team left in the NBA, the Utah Jazz. Obviously, look good. The Sixers beat the lone winless team left in the NBA, yeah. the Detroit Pistons. Can't get too excited about that. The Hawks have an interesting uh, couple of weeks coming up. You know how the Bulls are getting that real tough part of their schedule. So are the Hawks, and everybody wondering, are the Hawks this team that they were last year? Well. They're three and two, and they've beaten the Mavericks. That was their best win opening night. They beat the lowly Pistons and the Zionless Pels. This was a back-to-back where they didn't play any defense against the Washington Wizards. The Wizards are one of those teams that are deep enough uh, to to beat good teams in the NBA. So the Hawks play eight playoff teams from last season. Their next nine games, with the ninth opponent being the Golden State Warriors, very much like the Chicago Bulls, basically. Basically identical. So what's up? What's up with these Hawks? I think a lot of guys can't find their flow. Like Kevin Herter, his sort of his role has been taken uh, from by Cam, Cam Reddish. Is that's his role? Uh, Trey is the interesting. Trey Young 
I gotta talk about free throws again because this is a little different to me. <laughs> uh, his free throws have dropped eight point seven to four point four this game this season. So that's like half. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I know we've talked about you know the the change of the rules, but Trey doesn't think it's the change of the rules that's affecting him. It's not the pump, get a guy in the air, throw your body out, or the Chris Paul stop on a break, let a guy hit you in the caboose, or you know throw your throw your leg out for an offensive foul. Those aren't the ones that are bothering Trey Young. And it's true. The ones that are getting Trey Young are drive to the hoop, a guy defends like normal, and he kind of gets Trey on the go, and it's a little bump, and Trey does a good job of selling it, like, oh, this guy hit me. And he's not getting those calls. He doesn't think that that's, that's part of this new point of emphasis from the league. And that's true. It's not, right? Because uh, he said, quote, a lot of my fouls I'm driving, and I'm smaller than a lot of guys, so they're knocking me off balance and knocking me off track, so that's a foul. If a ref knows the rules and knows that, they should call it. I just hope they call it within the rules because I know the rules, too. I've done my research <laughs> and my book work, too. <laughs> great, 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 great line. He said he's had conversations with Monty McCutcheon, the head of refereeing development and training. He's, he's trying to figure out the rules. He's doing his homework. But I like a guy being able to play defense. I think that's kind of one of the other crappy parts about the NBA the last decade or so is that what is a defender to do? You can't put your hands right. on him. You try and get your body in front of him. And that's kind of your position, and that's what's been happening is guys like Trey driving, and a guy's just in his way because you have to defend somehow, and he takes a bump, and those are the calls he's not getting. So I like that he's not getting the calls, but he's right in that it's not really part of the rules. What do you guys think about that? I know, Lee, you, you just talked about Trey Young. We'll get to the free throws yeah. later, but you got you get in I, it, get in it, man. <clears throat> I I am enjoying the way the game is being refereed across the board this season. I think they're allowing a lot more contact, and I think that's great because I don't think it's egregious. I don't think you're seeing guys like just knock other guys to the ground and not get a call. But what I think you are seeing is guys, you know, embellishing and trying to still draw guys into contact, and the referees are basically saying, we're not calling that this year. Now, that specific area you're talking about with Trey, maybe there's something there, but I think overall the better thing to do is to not start calling that stuff because it's the same sort of idea where you're creating the contact. And that's what I think this whole sort of rule change is about. It's like we're not letting guys come in and sort of lower their shoulder, you know, or or create a a diversion from their normal uh, path to create the contact. So I'm fine with it. And like I say, it's not just James Harden. I know he's because he's struggling and the Nets are struggling and his free throw numbers are down. But I'm seeing in in several it's across games, the board, yeah, yeah and, and you're just seeing a lot more physicality, which I think is so much better for the game. It's a much better product to watch when it's like you're not just like, oh my god, that guy, you're always calling that foul. Let's see guys allow a little bit more contact, and uh, I think this is the right thing that the league has done. Trey, you agree? I think Lee nailed it, and I think Tass nailed it, and I think Trey Young nailed it. It's not necessarily the rules. It's just the NBA and the referees right now are allowing a lot of contact, specifically at the rim, and it's awesome. There are less free throws right now. Even the Vucevic thing, the guy is running backwards, and I think it was R.J. Barrett maybe who was bringing the ball up. That could have easily been free throws in prior seasons, like just running into the guy who's not really involved in the play. But it wasn't. It was just a miss. And I think that that has been consistent from game to game to game is there are a lot of attempts at the rim as there always are. Not as many free throws and guys are getting hit. Like there's just a lot. It's a lot rougher at the rim right now. And I think it's awesome. You know, people, 
it's not just the like uh, the chicanery and the tricky plays that um, have been legislated out because those ones sort of have been legislated out. To me, it feels like something coming from on high saying we're letting guys be a little bit rougher around the rim and everybody likes that and it's a lot more fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, just a note from Jazz Rockets very quickly. A little history. Jalen Green, Jordan Clarkson became the first two players of Filipino descent to share the court in the same game. Uh, last night or in that Houston-Utah game. Sort of cool little note, even though the game was not close at all. Okay, Andre, Andre Blatch never played Jordan Clarkson. I guess, I guess. not. I guess, I guess not. not. So I'm not sure how they count that. <laughs> uh, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, a little trick-or-treat looking at some early season trends. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. All right, back with No Dunks Drop Podcast here on a Friday. Halloween is this weekend, so we're going to do a little trick or treating, guys. Got a few uh, early season trends that I want you to tell me whether they're a trick, not sustainable, or a treat. You know, maybe legit, very tasty with what's going on here. So, for example, first one, Tass will go to you. John Morant, top five in scoring. Is that a trick or a treat. So a trick, no way that's going to sustain. Or, you know, maybe maybe it's legit by the end of the year. What do you think? Trick or treat? Mm, give me a peanut butter cup. I think this is <laughs> I think this is staying up there. I think John Moran in year three here has just grown uh, to a different level. Now there's some guys there, your Damian Lillards that we'll get to, that you are usually up there and might, right. you know, come, come rival job. But I don't see why John Morant would drop off uh, far. I mean, he's at 30 PPG. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a lot for a guy who isn't a three-point shooter, but he has obviously grown in that uh, space. And when he does get space, because he is, he is warranted that um, you know people to come up and try and stop his three-point shot. When he gets in the mid-range, how confident is he anywhere inside the two-point arc? So I don't see this going anywhere. I think this is just a typical year three of a really, really good player. Year threes tend to have players uh, really develop, and that's what's mm-hmm. what's happening with John Moran. I don't see him going too far. Again, the guys will come rival him, but Jaws got it inside, outside, and at this point, nobody's taking his shots on the Grizzlies. I think Jaron Jackson Jr. should grow into that a little bit more. Hopefully, he's clearly their number two, but Jaws like Monte Ellis right now. That guy got it all in every <laughs> aspect of the game, every aspect of offense. He, he's... I, I don't see what he doesn't have right now. The three-point shot, will come back to earth a little bit, but, man, I think he's just grown. Yeah, if you look at the leading scorers right now, John Moran is tied with Steph Curry, Lili, at 30.4 
points per game. Durant right there, just a tick under 30 per. Then Anthony Davis at 28.4 and Carl Anthony Towns at 28. Then you got Giannis and then it gets into some sort of crazy names with CJ McCollum and Harrison Barnes. Uh, Even Miles Bridges knocking on the door there. But you think John Morant, I think the other way to look at this question is, is this guy going to be a a 28, 29 point per game score here in just year three? Can he do this for an entire season or is this just like a hot start? What do you think? Trick or treat. I I think it is sustainable because uh, Tass alludes there to his three point shooting, which is clearly the best of his career so far at 40%. I don't, you know, that is certainly the high watermark, but he's taking more and making more, but he does get to the free throw line as well about six times a game. uh, And he's knocking down those, uh, the mid ranges as well and he's got the ball in his hands you know 85% of the time he's out on the floor there with the Grizzlies so he has the opportunity to decide if he's going to pass which he's a willing passer but he also can go out there and score and shoot so I think this is also a treat will he will he stay at 30 no I don't think so but I think he can finish in the top five uh whatever that sort of number is because uh, we've seen such growth from him so far so uh yes I I, I've got him in the uh in the treat column here and I just I kind of hope he stays there as well (laughs) because every single basket he scores is almost like oh my god did you just see what he did it's incredible stuff Trey, you buying this or is it all a trick? I'm with Corm on this one. Love Ja. This one's a trick. Top 10 is certainly more likely than top five. I don't think he's a 40% three-point shooter, which he has been to start the season. I also don't think he's a 55% shooter overall. He's hitting like crazy from the mid-range right now, shooting like 67%. Can't miss. That doesn't hold up. And the main thing, though, is that I think other players are going to pass him to get back into the top five. Willard has struggled. Beal has struggled. Embiid has struggled. Trey Young has struggled. Those are all players that I assume will eventually pass Jaws. The season goes on, but he was 35th in the league in scoring last year. So jumping up into the top 10 would be huge. All right, our next one here. Trick or treat. The Minnesota Timberwolves are a playoff team because right now, if the playoffs were to start today, I love saying that, uh, they would be hosting. They'd be hosting game one of a playoff series there uh, in the fourth seed right now, uh, starting three and one. And, and looking pretty good here. So is this a trick or a treat? Lee, we'll start with you. The Wolves, are they going to be a playoff team? I think it's a trick. I think they're tricking us. Uh, seven of their first eight <laughs> games are at home. And uh, look, they've got, they, they had a stinker of a loss there to the Pelicans. But they go to Milwaukee and get a good victory. That's great. But now they've got the Nuggets. They've got two in a row at home against the Clippers. And then they go on the road and they play the Clippers again, as well as the Lakers, Warriors, Grizzlies. So I just don't... Th- I, I, know, I want them to be a playoff team. I want to see the uh, the Timberwolves back there because I think Towns sort of would be nice to see him in the playoffs more than just once in his career so far. I really like Anthony Edwards' game. I don't think D'Angelo Russell's performance against the Bucks was sustainable the other night. I, I just don't have that faith in him. So I think it's a uh, can I if does the play in tournament count? If that's the case, then I'll say it's a trick. <laughs> that's but true. I think is... it's a trick. I think it's a trick overall. I don't have a whole lot of faith in the Wolves being able to maintain this hot start by their standards. Okay, uh, Trey, what do you think? The question all becomes: Is the play in part of the playoffs? <laughs> and if it is, which I think it is, then yeah, I think that this okay. is going to be a treat. Just because I think Cat and Ant are so good together, they've been one of the best two-man units out there. They're both putting up over twenty-five a game. 
I do think the defense is going to come back to earth because right now what the Timberwolves are doing is similar to what the Cavs did last year. You just press up really hard, let your athletes try and get steals. It works for the first month, month and a half of the season, but then teams kind of adjust to you. And right. that's when, you know, the if the Timberwolves haven't made a Ben Simmons trade, certainly their defense will fall off eventually. And some of the other teams in the Western Conference will start playing a lot better. But I got faith in Cat. I got faith in Anthony Edwards that they're going to keep it up this year. As long as they're able to stay on the court, I think they got a chance at the 10 seed. Yeah, the Wolves right now, third best defense in the league. Uh, maybe that's not sustainable, but are they a playoff team? And yes, we're counting the play-in, Tass. Is this, a, is this a treat or is it all a trick? I will get high on early season fumes like the next guy like i i I definitely am high on the minnesota timberwolves uh but yeah i think they fall into that play in tournament category how do they stay up there well i think it's just more of an attitude thing on the defensive end anthony edwards is playing defense uh can chris finch get this out of those guys all the time as trey mentioned they are playing a lot of athletes. They're playing all the Jays, your Jaden McDaniels, your Jared Vanderbilts. Those guys, are they going to be able to uh, to support the, the Anthony Edwards and Carl and Anthony Towns and just play hard on that end continuously? I, I guess. And then uh, I guess I, I think they can. But um, on the offensive end, yeah, what are you going to get uh, night in and night out from, uh, from Anthony Edwards? Who, I, I love Anthony Edwards' game. I think he has grown from year one to year two. Uh, but he did have a slow few months the first part of last season, and uh, I, I hope it's sustainable that he is running the show. Basically, will get you last minute buckets. I do believe this guy is, you know, all star written all over him. But in the West, it's tough to drag a team into the postseason when there's a lot of question marks. I mean, you know, besides him, him and Carl Anthony Towns, a lot of question marks on that team that have to, you know, produce at the same time. So I'd like it to be a treat. I would like this to be very, very tasty, but I'm not sure. All right, our next one here. Damian Lillard, through four games, is averaging under 18 points per game, eight assists, about three and a half boards. He's shooting 33 from the floor, 17 from three. He's great at the line, but he's got a 14.4 PER for the two and two Blazers. So, trick or treat, Trey, you get us started here. Lillard not making the All-Star game, because we would all agree those numbers are not getting into the All-Star game right now. I don't care if you're on the top 75. Um, but this does this sort of uh, become a reality here as the months move on? Trick or treat with Lillard. I think this is a trick. I think we're going to see a better Damian Lillard. He comes out of the gate slow in multiple seasons. Uh, you know, for a while there, it wasn't uncommon to see Damian Lillard get snubbed at All-Star time, basically because he had come out of the gate slow uh, to start the season before picking it up as things went on. But Lillard has now made four straight All-Star games. Like you said, Skeets, he got named to the top 75 team. The era of Damian Lillard being a snub is over. He's getting the reputation votes now. Mm -hmm. So I think that he will be better come the midseason classic. And when that's the case, he's going to easily get in there. Because what are you going to say? Damian Lillard, not an all-star? I mean, if he's averaging 17 points per game, sure. But if he's at 25, if he's at 23, you're still saying he's one of the 15 best in that conference. Mm. Lee, this is CJ McCollum's all-star spot. He's going to take it from him. Is that that's what Trey's saying? He's going to mm. bounce back. Uh, or do you see these struggles continuing with Lillard here? Nah, not with Lillard. He tweeted yesterday because someone put out his stats on the season and he said, what did the nine years say to the four games? And that's what I think it is. It's just, uh, <laughs> like it's just uh, Lillard. We've all seen far too much of Lillard to know that he just can't stay in a slump for too long. He's going to snap out of it. He shot much better the other night against the Grizzlies 
relative to the rest of the season. Uh, he's still not quite uh, at his peak performance, but he will certainly have that uh, reputation bump come play, uh, come All-Star time because you just know he's going to be averaging 25 a game. He's going to be shooting better, and the Blazers will put together a bit of a, a win streak. That's the only thing that could derail his chances if they are really stinky and they're not in, say, you know, in the, in the top eight come all-star voting time. That could count against him, especially when you've got guys like Ja Morant, who's a virtual lock to make the all-star team this season. You know, there'll be a few other guys coming for his spots, but uh, veteran like Lillard, he's very well respected around the league, especially amongst the assistant coaches. I don't think he starts the all-star game, but uh, I'll be shocked if he doesn't make it this season. Tass, what do you think? Trick or treat with Lillard not making an all-star game this year. It's going to be hard. Uh, I think I think he gets in because he is Damian Lillard. He just got named to the top 75. How do you keep him off? I think he, yeah, I, what Trey said about the midseason classic, as Trey put it, I'd love for it to be called the midseason classic. <laughs> is that baseball. just for baseball? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Who cares? Keep calling it a classic? Just like Never had show? a tie in the NBA All-Star game. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> classic. Get out of here, Bud Seelig. <laughs> Adam Silver would never let a tie happen. But there could be a lot of ties for these uh, all-star spots. Uh, John Morant, a lock. But if you look at the Western Conference guard position, there's so many good guards. Oh. So Okay, go through it. Curry and Luka will be starting. Yeah. They will be. <laughs> they get voted, yep. uh, and, then, and then, yeah, John Morant. Then where's like Mitchell? Where's Booker? Yeah, you know, Bo- is Chris well, Paul Mitchell. sort of gone. Yeah. You know, Lillard and McCollum. Yeah, and McCollum's always in the mix. Uh, but and Lillard is usually one of them. Who else are we forgetting? I know there's many more. Uh, like Shea Gilders Alexander. Paul <laughs> I need George Lillard. is Paul George front court, right? I think it's front court. Yeah, front yeah. Court. yeah. Um, I need Lillard to continue to not be able to hit a shot to help my chances of Shea Gilders Alexander actually sneaking in here. But yeah, no, it's it's crowded, is what you're saying, Taz. Yeah, but you still think but Lillard, yeah, the reputation will get him in, and you find a way to sneak him in there. There are 12 spots. There's some wild card spots. There's some injuries. I, I would I would be surprised if the NBA didn't uh, you know find a way to get him in there, especially if even if he has a slow start. It's understandable he had a slow start. He had the Olympics this year, as Amelia Earhart points out. He also got married. As Trey points out, he's a slow starter. That's understandable. But, yeah, there's there's a limited amount of spots. That's why it, was, it wasn't a lock before the season that John Morant would get in there. But now with the way he's playing, um, they, they just got to find a way to get them both on there. But, yeah, guys that are on the periphery, and Devin Booker would be on the perfect one. Not two sons probably wouldn't make it. Obviously, at no. this point, they wouldn't make it. But uh, you know, they were there last year, so yeah, it's a tough spot. Uh, put me down for Lillard probably hitting eight or nine threes in one of the games this weekend because he'll just have an offensive explosion mm-hmm. and he'll be right back in the conversation of being an All Star. So <laughs> yeah, probably just a just a trick with that one. Okay, next one. Little team here playing great. The Miami Heat. Trick or treat. Elite defense. So let's call it number one. You know, will they have sort of the best defense in the league? Is that a trick or a treat? Task, get us started. Hmm. Hmm. How do you call a team being number one? They will have an elite <laughs> defense. Um, I think they'll be up there. The fact that they've got it all together this early, that's pretty freaking impressive. Uh, right. With, you know, the, the head of the snake being new and Kyle Lowry. Uh, but they are a very, very hungry team considering the way they were embarrassed last year in the postseason. So, yeah, let's jump to some conclusions. <laughs> uh, I mean, the Lakers are not going to be number one as they have in the last two years. So there's okay. there's an opening there. The Jazz should still be up there. 
Uh, there are other good teams. The Knicks were third last year. So the Knicks should be up there, but I don't think they have the, the personnel that the Miami Heat do defensively. So, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Get up there. Okay, so you're saying that's a treat. What about you, Lee? Trick or treat. Heat, number one defense with a bang. Yeah, with a bang, no. I, I, again, it is the Jazz uh, with again. With a bam. <laughs> the Jazz, we just know this is what they do in the regular season. They lock teams up. But this is what the Heat culture is all about. This is what the Heat hang their hats on, really, is locking guys up on the defensive end. In fact, the most points they conceded was that blowout in the game one against the Milwaukee Bucks when they the Bucks scored 95, but that game was over in the first quarter. Uh, ironically, they lost to the um, uh, Indiana Pacers there in overtime, which that to me, it doesn't look like a great offensive team, yet they were able to beat the Heat. So, But yeah, that, this team knows that it's all about if you can just make it as tough as possible for a team to score, then offensively it can maybe overcome some of the deficiencies that you have. But offensively, they're looking pretty good as well right now. So will they be able to hold for the entire year as number one? I say a trick, but uh, they'll be in the top five. They'll be in the top five. Yeah, Yeah, okay. I mean, I think that's fair. We're sort of getting into will they be a better defense than than the Jazz, Trey, or... You know, uh, maybe even a Raptors team, maybe even a Bulls team, who's uh, really uh, surprised a lot of people. But there's a trick the for you. Yeah, that's okay. a trick. The Bulls okay. are not going to be a top five defensive team. Um, I think the Jazz are going to be the peanut butter cups, and maybe the Miami Heat will be the 100 grand bar, supremely underrated, but wow. an elite candy bar. Uh, come trick or treating time. The only thing that seems unsustainable to me: the Heat are the best defensive rebounding team in the league right now, and they don't really have rebounders out there right like he like bam out of bio is a good rebounder but he's not one of the best rebounders in the league i think the strength that the heat have is that they have four guys who for a possession can guard anywhere from one to five and then duncan robinson is at least tall for his position so pj tucker was basically talking about like this is crazy to think that i gotta switch with kyle lowry okay no problem we can switch but then i suddenly have to switch with jimmy butler no problem we can switch then I have to switch with Bam Adebayo. No problem, we can switch. They've got the pieces for it to be a good defense. And the only thing that seems kind of out of the ordinary is how good they have been rebounding. So, I don't know. The defense they're playing right now is, like, historically elite. I don't think that will continue. Probably the Jazz creep up there as time continues. But the Heat could be the best defense in the Eastern yeah. Conference. I think that's certainly reasonable, especially considering Simmons and Embiid won't be playing together. I guess the the question will be is if the Bucks are completely committed to being the best defensive team in the Eastern Conference during the regular season. We shall see. We'll see. All right, next one. This guy's probably been the the biggest surprise from the first 10 days uh, of this season. It's Miles Bridges, who is averaging right now 26 points per game. He's played five games, too, here. Uh, Eight boards, two assists. The splits are like 53, 40, and 91. He's got a crazy PER of nearly 26 on a good Hornets team that's winning a bunch of games. Trick or treat, Lee. Miles Bridges, you know, making the leap here in year four. He's just gone to the next level. Does he sustain this? Uh, treat, treat. <laughs> Let's go with treat. All right. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, look, it, it's funny because when I saw that three point percentage at forty percent, that feels higher. It, it feels like he doesn't shoot that well. But uh, so far, he has. He only had one real stinker of a, of a performance, actually shooting the three. On the season, he went two for ten against the Celtics the other night. But other than that, he's, he's been, been a shooting. good three-point shooter his entire career, yeah. though. Surprisingly, yeah, it, but, but, he was forty percent. Forty percent is like to me like the elite level, and uh, I just don't feel he's that. But the numbers suggest that he is so far through the season. But um, I do think that he does take 
good shots overall. He, he doesn't seem to be someone who just goes out there and fires away like wherever he feels like it. Like he gets into the offense. He knows he's get the balls coming to him from LaMelo ball. He rolls to the rim and he's been able to get to the free throw line as well a few times. So I like it. I think he's, um, I think, you know, that connection with him and LaMelo is so important to their success because they both understand their role. And without someone like Bridges being able to finish, that sort of impacts Lamella's ability to run the offense. So I think so. Will he maintain this average? I don't think so. No, I think he. I think he comes back to earth a little bit. The twenty-six a game. I think if he can get to you know over twenty, around sort of twenty-two a game, while continuing to play at this high level. Remember, he does a fair bit on them for them defensively as well, because they are a thin team at the back there with the Plum Dog. Uh, so he has to do it. Has to carry a bit of the load there. But so far, he certainly has shown a maturity in his game and some growth. Uh, but it is going to be a little bit tougher to sustain if the uh, Hornets keep winning because he's going to get, attract a lot more attention. So yeah. I think there's, it's treat-ish, yes. More treat okay. than trick. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, Bill Z in the stream team here, good point, could be a trick. Terry Rozier and PJ Washington, the, uh, the, the Chevy tracks of the NBA, are coming back. At some point too, so you know maybe that you know takes takes some shots from Miles Bridges and, and takes some of the shiner points down a little bit. It's a possibility, but he's played great. Um, TK, you buying it or not? I'm buying it that I think he is good and improved and going to be a key piece for the Hornets. But I think that that's the exact point: is that once Terry Rozier comes back, once PJ Washington goes back, the usage rate for Miles Bridges is going to go down a little bit. Basically, his percentages and his per 36s are the same, except for he's taken a lot more shots this year because there are a lot more shots to go around. That being said, the confidence is there, and the team's confidence in him in his fourth season obviously has grown as well. So they're a little bit more comfortable giving him more responsibility while they've got a couple of injuries here. But once those guys come back, Terry Rozier is a high-usage player. Uh, P.J. Washington plays a similar position as Miles Bridges, so you would think that... It's quite likely, like, the counting stats of, like, Lee is saying, 26 points per game. That probably comes down. But 20, I think, is certainly reasonable for Miles mm. Bridges. Tess, trick or treat, Miles Bridges. Well, we don't have these early season segments to say trick. I mean, that's not fun. Let's just treat it up. I, I do agree. Um, you know, Terry Rozier is a high-usage player. That being said, with LaMelo Ball coming in and playing like he is, it seems like Terry Rozier is ripe. For a tr- as a trade candidate. I understand he's, he's solid. They signed him to a long-term deal, but uh, well, the way with LaMelo Ball has grown, um, you know, Miles Bridges got to thank LaMelo Ball for being around, for being a guy that can pass and is a very willing passer, and I think that ha- helps Miles Bridges' numbers big time and the efficiency, even though, as Skeetsy pointed out, it's really surprising. we got people on the stream team saying, what are you talking about that this guy is a three-point shooter, Miles Bridges? He, he shot 40% been. last year. Yeah. yeah on far on a decent fewer. amount, Tams. I mean, less than this year, but like nearly five, right, or something like that? Yeah, I think it was, yeah, uh, yeah definitely between four and five, and that's yeah. um, that's surprising. <laughs> it, is, it is surprising to me. I, I agree with Lee. The feel of Miles Bridges is not this what I, I, I think of Miles Bridges as, but, um, you know, you, you watch a guy like, Aaron Gordon, who spent his, most of his career in Orlando and had to do a lot of you know, on, you know, on the ball work and, and trying to create for others. Well, LaMelo creates for Miles Bridges, and I think that really helps him and, and his shot selection. But Miles Bridges is just a good shooter, I suppose. It just doesn't feel that way. It feels like that shot is flat. Um, but uh, it's an interesting mix. I think Miles Bridges will be happy to some degree that he doesn't have to do as much. <laughs> you know, I know he you know, wants to take a lot of shots, but when Terry and, and PJ come back, 
the Chevy tracks, as you call them, skeets, I think that it'll be a more natural fit. Like, he doesn't have to be mm-hmm. a 28-point guy. It's, you can still be a 23-point guy and be pretty freaking awesome in this league. Yeah, I mean, I hear you, Tass. You don't want to say trick on some of these, but it could be uh, what Miles is doing here through 10 games, similar to uh, it was Andrew Wiggins a couple of years ago that started the season on fire, right? He, he couldn't miss a three. He was averaging 25, and you're, everybody's like, whoa, man, this guy is uh, hes made the leap. This guy's turning into an all-star in front of our very eyes. And I'm not comparing Miles Bridges to Andrew Wiggins, but I'm saying it does happen where guys just have these hot streaks and then they cool off and then fall back to earth. Yeah. He looks like a great player, though, for sure. So in terms of making the leap in that, in that sort of regard, yeah, 25 point per game score, no. That's that's coming back to earth, you watch. Final one here. More free throws, why not? Trick or treat. NBA free throws at an all-time low. I guess the question here, Trey, is will the rest continue to call the game like we've been enjoying it? Letting a lot of things fly, letting them be physical, not getting roped into like uh, some of the craftiness from the star players like Harden and Trey and all that we've talked about. Or will they just naturally go back to calling some of that stuff again and we'll get all upset again? Trick or treat. They'll go back to calling the stuff again. It'll be a trick. I don't know. I think that mm. we will see some... Uh, we will continue to see more physical play this year because I think it is fun and I think uh, obviously people like it, but we know the points of emphasis do not remain points of emphasis. So eventually uh, the calls that we're used to seeing will come back, which means free throws will go up. I don't know what the current stats are for the fewest free throws per game or any of that kind of stuff because... <laughs> Why on earth would you look that up? Um, so, I don't know. It's a trick to me. They're going to call more fouls eventually, but less fouls compared to last season. Okay. Tass, what do you think? Yeah, thankfully I'm uh, an NBA sickle, but not at the level of looking up FTs. and, and F- no, It's not my thing. Um, right. So, uh, I, the thing I, I, I agree with, Trey, I mean, yeah, the point of emphasis is they, they tend to come back a little bit. But the good thing about um, what's happening right now is that there's just less flopping going on right now in mm-hmm. the NBA, and yep. and that's 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 on the players. That's on the players to stop doing that, and I think they stop doing that because the whistles don't happen. So yes, the refs kind of gravitate back to what they used to call, but if the players continue to not flop, and because there's the calls aren't there, then you know maybe they kind of push each other in the right direction if they if they continue not to to flop. Uh, and I think uh, as as Trey mentioned earlier, it hasn't. Uh, what, what hasn't been legislated out, what hasn't been written out of the rules is like that physicality part. You know, the, what's been written out is the, the horizontal dives and, and the stop in the Chris Paul booty stop. Those have been legislated out. But this physical play that, you know, was this freedom of movement thing that the pendulum swung a little too far in one direction. And if you listen to NBA, any NBA players, they say, uh, you know, they just can't play defense anymore. Like that hasn't been written out of the rules. So maybe because it's not really a point of emphasis on that part uh, and there's less flopping, you know, maybe it stays a little bit where guys can play some defense at least. That part, I think, could stick around. Um, but, yeah, I wonder I, I wonder on the perimeter uh, if, if the refs just continue to be good at what they're doing. They're, just, they're doing a really good job of just not biting uh, anymore, and uh, it's, it is a lot more pleasurable for sure. Lee? Patrick Beverly the other night went in front of a defender and did that where he tries to bait the guy and the guy fell on him and the refs called an offensive foul on Patrick Beverly and it was great. It was great. I mean, it seems crazy that they would call that as an offensive foul, but if this is what it takes to get rid of guys doing those ridiculous things in the backcourt midway through a quarter, then this is great for the game. 
So I know people think I'm a free throw connoisseur. Uh, I enjoy seeing pressure free throws like Julius Randle's last night to see how he's reacting. But nobody wants to see James Harden take 17 free throws in a game. Nobody. And that game the other night in Brooklyn there where there was a couple of plays, I think Nate Duncan kind of uh, threaded them there, where he was going in and he was doing that stuff where there's contact, then he flails his arms out like that, and they weren't calling it. And that is great. People don't want to see that. Nobody wants to see that. So it's a step in the right direction, and uh, and hopefully it does continue. I know that this is one of those things in the past where you weren't allowed to touch the ball after it came through the hoop, and they were calling (laughs) delay of games on players and teams. By the end of the season, no one was calling it. So uh, this is different, though, and, and I hope it stays. I th- because I think it's one thing basketball fans agree on is that, you know, seeing the game just stop and start because of the same guy taking, you know, uh, free throws in the teens, it's not a good product. It's not good for the yeah. game. It's not good for the uh, television audience. Well, Silver has been talking for years about speeding up the game, too. we got to make these faster. You know, we're losing everybody's uh, attention with... Uh, you know, Generation Z here. They got no attention span. Well, this is a one way to speed it up. Just less free throws. Less stoppage. Like, keep that clock ticking. Let's go. We just got to clear this, uh, the clear path foul crap up, which is still yep. just so embarrassing to the game. It's just, you know, you're, you, we're just taking away highlights is the worst part because guys are going to have breakaway dunks, but a guy can just reach out and say, ah, nope, we don't want to give you that. So they got to try and get rid of that. That's what do you make of the theory that since there are less calls on these offensive uh, offensive players, you know, kind of baiting teams into fouling them, that there are now more intentional clear path fouls because players have more fouls to give. Which would you rather <laughs> see, free throws or unguarded free throws? Uh, wow, if I have to pick one or the other. You want the guarded free throws, I hate. I, I, I legit hate clear paths. It's dumb. Stuff. It's I so dumb. It. I hate it, hate it, hate it. Because, again, well, this, we're, yeah. like, actually taking away – yeah, one it's of the, the most entertaining path, things of basketball, yeah. and the and yeah. the there's the take fouls as well, which is the same yeah, yeah. sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. clear path gives you the usually the free throws in the possession, whereas the take can just basically stop the play and you have to start again. And that's I, I know this sounds weird, but I wish officials with the clear path. Like, guys reach out to stop it. I get it. They don't yeah. want to give up a fast break. I wish in those instances. Because what what happens a lot of the time is the guy just puts his arm out, maybe slaps yeah. the guy, but the guy keeps going. Like, yeah. he doesn't lose the ball. He doesn't get thrown over. He doesn't flop. Like, I wish they let that contact just go. It's like, no, no. That, so, you got to, like, literally tackle the guy if you want to. you got to pull a Draymond, wrap yeah. him up. Um, in Australian rules football, they have the advantage rule where it is like that, where if it's like an infringement, but then the player can keep going, he can either say, all right, I stop and get the possession. Sure. Or I can just keep on going. And, the, and, <laughs> yeah. the, and they encourage that because they exactly want that where it's like you can't just oh. stop the game. The guy can sort of choose. And, and, and in the NBA, it'd be the same thing. Guy stops you. He's like, well, I'm just going to go down and finish the play. Why not? So yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. That's it. Maybe the uh, AFL and NBA is coming together. That's what I want to mm. see. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Okay, trick be, or treat. Oh, well, there's got to be a social media manager out there right now thinking I'll get my players on a court and, uh, and play this up. Because they could sing along to a little in sync, right? But take fouls are all I have to give. Is that in sync or Backstreet Boys? That's Backstreet Boys. Without you, I don't think I can win. Yeah. I wish I could give. It's Backstreet Boys. They're, yeah, yeah that's a Backstreet Boys. Man, it they're a... melding all together. Oh, wow. It's like the AFL and NBA coming together. Yeah, yeah no that's, that's a Backstreet's. 
It's a back wow. street. It's, a, yeah. it's not new kids. It's not no no dunks on the block. <laughs> wow. <laughs> all right. Uh, trick or treat. I think that was fun. Uh, let's hear from all of you guys in the comments below with some of those early season trends, whether they're sustainable or not. Trick or treat. Let us know on Twitter at no dunks Inc. We're going to take our final break, but when we come back, we got tweet of the night, we got pick them, and we got some great rapid fire questions. So don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Been doing a bunch of retirement planning stuff lately. So I've had documents flying in and out the mailbox. A lot of signatures, both analog and digital. A lot of phone calls, a lot of stamps. Got to get my long-term future straight. Yeah. Let me tell you, Skeets, the things we build our future around are the things worth protecting. Making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Watch your assets. With Trust and Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash nodunks for 10% off plus free document shipping. Trust and Will's website is simple to use and the process is straightforward. In no time, you'll have peace of mind that your assets and wishes are secure with easy access and control of your estate planning. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs whether it be care wishes, nomination guardians, final arrangements, or power of attorney. It's easy to ensure your family and loved ones avoid lengthy, expensive legal proceedings or the state deciding what happens to your assets. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with trust and will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash nodunks. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash nodunks. All right, back with No Dunks. There it is, the legendary policy genius ad read uh, once again. Highly encourage you, if you're not following No Dunks, Inc. on TikTok, to do so. Because I know our guy, uh, Graphic Mark, has that up there. I watched it this morning, and I was in tears again. Especially seeing Lee try and get through it. Uh, and it looks like you're like you're back on track, and then you just keep losing it. We're falling out of our chair, so go check that out on TikTok, uh, JD, please just keep that in the in the mix for the next uh, month or maybe year. That's always worth a laugh. Just tell Policy Genius to come back. Yeah. yeah. Oh sure. Okay. Um, let's get to tweet of the night. Mm, tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. T O T N. Better yet. T-T-O-T-N. This is the TikTok of the night. Not a tweet. Actually, probably didn't come out at night either. And (laughs) didn't come out yesterday. That being said, this one's for Lee Ellis. Jimmy Butler showing us his coffee-making routine. Jimmy obviously has dipped his toes into the coffee game. First with Big Face Coffee down there in the bubble. And now he's like actually going to try and sell coffee pretty much. He was showing off how finely tuned his skills are, Lee. Think you would ever put together one of these videos for our TikTok? At No Dunks Inc? People want to see how you get busy in the kitchen with your tampon. Yeah, yeah, I think maybe there is something there. 
Uh, I'll look into it. I, I'm trying to sort of see what machine that uh, Jimmy's got going there. It's a Run it back, fancy JD. One. Let's see this thing <laughs> yeah. again. Walk me through yeah, it, Lee. Yeah. What's he doing yeah, what's here? What's he doing, Lee? Well, well, Grindy. he's obviously gr- he's grinded, and then he's uh, he's packing his puck there. Then he's uh, loading it in. Now that's the tough part: is making sure you get the pressure right. Because yep. you want it to be at a certain, you don't want it too watering, you don't want it too too groundy, if you know what I mean, with the coffee there. So you've got to get the pressure yep. right there. Uh, looks like he's using regulation milk there. I'd prefer it if he was using the oat milk, but <laughs> nah, um, he uses oat. That's oat. Yeah, I think it's an oat oh, that's milk oat milk, latte. is it? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. okay, great. And yeah, he's not even he's not even tamping his own beans. Well, he's, he's not got an showing auto us that. tamper. Yeah. <laughs> he's got an auto tamper. He's not even tamping his own beans. Butler. Manually yeah. tamp that thing. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, let's see. Let's okay. We didn't. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. No, I'm just. I'm just sort of seeing what he's doing there. Yeah. It's, it, it's even like an interesting sort of cup. I guess he's going out somewhere with that. And that's why he's putting the lid on it. But uh, yeah, to yeah, go. Uh, looking for it. Yeah. Lee, were you um were you bounced from that uh coffee WhatsApp group chat that was going on with uh, oh. Jay and Zach Cox and and Thody and. Uh, I think you were kicked out of it. No, you I don't think I've goods. been kicked out. I don't think. I think oh. it just died a natural death. Uh, oh. at some point. <laughs> I think it's still going. Oh. Is oh. it? Interesting. Oh. Have I been removed? Yeah, I believe so. You weren't bringing yeah. it. No, I was a hands-off participant, you know. Uh, but it evolved into sort of uh, alcoholic drinks as well, like late-night drinks, <laughs> oh. everything. So oh, it, it was growing. Yeah, oh, okay. but uh, yeah. You know, it was, it's still yeah, it's still it's still there as far as I know. I'll, I'll check it out anyway, but I haven't contributed for <laughs> Send a while. Send a quick message. Well, as yeah. soon as you put together your TikTok, you can definitely share it uh, in there. Do you think that'd be worth twenty bucks, Lee? I think that's what uh, Jimmy was charging, right? Twenty bucks for any cup. Yeah, people do pay for premium coffee if it's good. People don't mind. So uh, I don't know. I got to get together with Jimmy and maybe we can coffee it out and see what uh, see what we can do there. Yeah, sounds great. But mm. what would you, if you had to do a play on Big Face Coffee, Lee, what would you call yours? Mm, big Face Coffee. Yeah. Uh, you put me on the, on the spot here. Uh, big Coffa Doffa. Yeah. <laughs> do you think Lowry's going to do a big ass coffee? <laughs> oh, there you go. That's much better. That's what yeah. you should do. Uh, yeah. All right, great uh, tweet slash TikTok of the night there from Trey. Uh, Pick'em results from last night. We had the Knicks-Bulls game. Bulls were favored by two and a half at home. And, uh, well, they lost. Money line hit for the Knicks, and Tass was the only one to take New York. So that's a nice win for him. You're four and four, Tass. So is Trey. Lee's five and three, and I'm three and five. So everybody's in this. I guess we never decided. We Are we doing the short <laughs> month of October? Sure. Um, are we even doing pick and payoffs? I don't anymore? know. I mean, I owe two. I'll probably owe a third here. I'm just like, uh, I just want to get up to like 10 or something that I owe you guys. Yeah, um, make it really severe. Yeah, just death. You just have to. <laughs> well, well, you know, I mean, I sent that. Killed him. Yeah. I can't believe uh, no response from that video I sent of a guy getting Versace patterns shaved into his mustache. We all got a little bit of a mustache going on here. You guys want to <laughs> throw down, throw down some quick patterns here on one of your stripes? I, I brought up uh, Tenora. I was like, oh, I should do Movember this year. Uh, Go for a mustache. But then she made a good point. She's like, yeah, but the whole point is you're supposed to like shave everything and then yeah. grow a mustache. And I was like, oh yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I just want to take the beard off and have a creepy mustache. I think that should count too. I, no, yeah, I think that, that should definitely count. Right. Yeah. At least for a pick and payoff. Um, and honestly, you can pull off a mustache if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, 
you know, every guy with a mustache looks a little creepy. Um, so there's a bit of that, but it's okay. Yeah, it's you okay. can do it. I mean, I gotta get rid of that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just wear well, a mustache for the for the month of November. For the whole month, eh? Yes. Wow, that's wow. the equivalent of eating an Arby sandwich, isn't it? <laughs> uh, uh, I don't mind it. There's something there. Okay, I think we should do something with the mustache. You look right. so Even good at eat. that World Series game with a with a mustache. Oh, oh I am going on uh, Sunday night. No, that's uh, that's October 31st. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and as Ignatius points out, you throw on that Luigi hat you got along <laughs> with your mustache. <laughs> Mamma mia. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's a cool Halloween costume, I mean, actually. I owe a lot. I do owe a lot. Uh, so I, I got to start getting creative here. Okay, mustaches. We're, we're doing something with the mustache. We'll, we can lock that in. Uh, heck, maybe I'll be here on Monday morning rocking one for all you guys know. <laughs> uh, but anyway, tonight's game brought to you by BetMGM. Tass, where are we going tonight? I mean, I'm still not out of this month, I guess. Uh, so where, where are we going here? Well, let's go to the home of the big face coffee maker and the number one defense in the NBA. The Miami Heat are hosting Charlotte. Now, this is a you know classic Southeast Division battle. Uh, the Heat's host uh, as a five and a half point favorite. It's a pretty large number, IMO, because the Hornets are atop the division, tied with the Wizards at four and one. What's going on here? The Heat are half came back at three and one. If you look at the Eastern Conference standings, actually, it's pretty nuts. It's a little early in the season, obviously, but the top 12 teams are within two games of each other. And so the Heat and the uh, Hornets, yeah, just half game apart, five and a half at home. I'm feeling the heat on this one, and uh, so are Trey and Lee Skeets. You're swerving. swerving. Uh, you, you, you don't like being in the basement here. You don't want to be wearing the mustache plus the hat combo. So uh, <laughs> you're going Charlotte five and a half. You can still lose yeah, by five. I mean, I can still, exactly. I just got to pray for a close game. Miles Bridges keeps dominating here. Yeah. Um, I think it's possible. <laughs> But the Heat look good, too. I'm high on the Heat. I think they've looked awesome in the games I've watched. So they're going to be one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. Just got to keep Charlotte, uh, or hope Charlotte keeps it close enough. Get me back into this thing. Tie me up with uh, with two others if mm-hmm. they win, or at least if they cover. All right. Mm-hmm. Go, Buzz. So we're going to call it after today. Let's say Skeets, you yeah, lose. Sure. You sure. lose. If we tie it, it's me, you, and Trey. We'll all do something dumb. Mustache um, Monday. Oh, mustache wow. Monday. Oh, okay. I'll find that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's that's three. That's right. If he has to do that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Versace. We'll figure, Versace. Okay, we'll figure something out. How did or, the guy I mean, get Versace? How do you do that? I, I, I don't think my mustache has got the guts to be able to hold uh, <laughs> something. Like, we, you know, we've done it with Lee's head. Uh, Lee's yeah, hair. Yeah. You know, we... we we shaved some stuff in there, but mustaches, mustachios, that's tough. Yeah, yeah it was uh, pretty intricate. It was like, you know, first like a little trimmer, then some scissors, and then the last was like one stray hair getting plucked out with a pair of tweezers, oh. and that oh. that one sounded like it hurt. Uh, getting a mustache hair plucked, ouch. Ooh, well, thank you. Uh, well, let's wrap up this rapid fire. I mean, let's wrap up this drop with some rapid fire. Trey, you got the questions for us? We got the answers. Let's do it. That's right. A great story in the New York Times recently from Scott Cacciola about Clay Thompson, who commutes to work, basketball, in a 37-foot fishing boat. Clay is so into boating that he's even banned bananas on his boat. 
because bananas are supposed to bring bad energy to a boat. Wow. Yeah, sorry, Lee. You'll never be able to visit Clay Thompson's 37-foot fishing boat and go to work with him. That being said, guys, what's a superstition you simply must follow? Skeets. Very, very simple one. I think a lot of you guys agree. Probably a lot of people in the stream team too do. Can't leave a court on a miss. <laughs> you gotta can't leave on a make, right? You can't leave a gym having uh, missed your last shot. Even if it's, you know, it's it usually you want to hit a three. It's got to at least be a jumper. Or even just the ball going through the net. Never, never, ever leave a gym on a miss. That's mine. That's a great one. JD, what you got? Yeah, I'm uh not very superstitious, but I will always touch or knock on wood whenever uh, making some sort of prediction or or say, well, you know, if uh, we arrive at wherever, knock on wood. It's just, is I have to do it. Otherwise, uh, uh, it's just, it, you're overwhelmed with uh, dread or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. it's just something unfinished business. So I gotta, I gotta get to wood, and I also do the cheesy dad joke where I just uh, knock on my head. <laughs> oh yeah, nice, wood is nice. not readily available. <laughs> that was gonna be my next question. Are you particular about the wood? But if you're knocking on heads, obviously not. I think that's the way to go. Uh, for Micah, even if it, in a pinch, <laughs> in a pinch. As long as it's hard. That's Isn't right. that right, ladies? Uh, Lee, how about you? Got any superstitions you simply must follow? Yeah, not really. A bit like JD, I don't have any. But I do always now, or not always, but forever I have. Anytime I see a black cat, I'm always like, I'm not sure if this is good luck or bad luck. So I just stay away just in case. I'm not sure if it's like if it runs in front of you, if you just see one, if you're supposed to acknowledge it. So I still do just get a little nervous around pure black cats and that's it but i don't really know why but i just like let, let me just avoid them just to, just to be safe i think that's the right thing i've always black cats are have always been good luck in my house uh my mom's from uh, northern ireland she's super superstitious like salt don't spill salt man salt flying everywhere if you do <laughs> But, uh, yeah, if she sees a black cat, it's one of the good ones, right? It's like, ooh, black cat, that's lucky. You saw a black it's cat, lucky, it's it? lucky. Mm. Yeah, oh, so really? that's, you know, it's just you decide, and then that's your superstition. So just <laughs> just go with good luck. Well, you you guys say you're not superstitious, but would you walk under a ladder? Oh. No problem? 100%, yes. Okay. Absolutely. Lee? Yeah, yeah. Scaffolding and that, the same thing, you know, like I just, yeah, all right. <laughs> Shout out to Clay Thompson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Great comments. A lot, a, lot of, a lot of people commenting, as Philip A. did, I'm not superstitious, just a little stitious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. I guess we all are. We all are a little bit. All right, next one. Man, I'm glad to hear that black cats are good luck, because our neighborhood cat is a black cat, and it's always sitting in the front yard, which makes me very nervous. Our <laughs> second rapid-fire question. LeBron was caught recently off mic telling Anthony Davis that he liked Netflix's Squid Game, but wasn't a fan of the ending which made its way back to Squid Game creator Wong Dung Yoke, who said, quote, that's my ending. If he has his own ending that would satisfy him, maybe he can make his own sequel. I'll check it out and maybe send him a message saying, I liked your whole show except the ending. To which LeBron responded, this can't be real, right? I hope not. <laughs> Fellers, what's an ending you would like to change? Skates. I'm going to stick with basketball. I'm going to stick with LeBron. Uh... Final 15 seconds of the 2016 NBA Finals, Game 7. Cavs up three. 
inbounding the ball with like 18 seconds to go, but there's like only 14 on the shot clock. Warriors obviously need to stop to try and win the title. Kyrie drives. He dishes to a cutting LeBron who attempts to end the life of Draymond Green. I would change it so that LeBron successfully pulls off this dunk. And it would have been, of course, a legendary dunk. It's so legendary, we talk about it, and it's a missed dunk that was a foul, right? Like, he got a piece of his body there, and he, and he uh, went to the floor pretty hard and hurt his wrists and all that. But man, oh man, it would have just been fun. Yeah, he's got the block, of course, in this series. They came back from 3-1, all that, bringing a title to Cleveland, but oh. Oh, Lee, if he, had, if he had pulled that off, that's just one of the greatest dunks in NBA history. Mm-hmm. Just the, the timing of when it would occur. Who is it on and Draymond Green and all that. So, yeah, just a little twist, a little change for me there. Great one. Would have been LeBron's best dunk of his career. JD, what you got? You know, there's a, there's a few obvious ones. The lost ending, very disappointed in. The uh, I hated the ending of Usual Suspects. God, I hate that movie so, so very much. But I'm going recency bias. Last or uh, Thursday night or Wednesday night's episode of uh, Survivor. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm still sitting in uh, Tribal Council here, waiting for Tribal Council. (laughs) I will continue to wait until next Thursday, uh, until somebody gets voted out. But. Oh, what a what a dog of an episode, and uh, <laughs> just the ending of it was just like so wah wah the saddest of sad trombones, uh, and so and it was supposed to be a cliffhanger. Ugh, awful. Well, so it wasn't we a good time to get in, JD. It. <laughs> no, it wasn't a good time to get in, but we had a blast talking about it, Lee. Check out No Buffs. Uh, our YouTube channel and Apple and Spotify and all that. Uh, I mean, we talked about it for 90 minutes, so it could oh, have yeah. been that bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Yeah, go check that out. We uh, recorded that yesterday. No buffs. Uh, breaking down Erica's Choice <laughs> and the huge merge twist. Oh, digging right. for Wait. rocks in this photo. I love that. That's <laughs> what color. Uh, Lee, Lee, what do you got for this? The 1999 Cricket World Cup final. Because uh, Australia in the preliminary final had an incredible comeback against South Africa. And then in the semi-final had the most incredible uh, hang-on to victory. Where it was actually a draw. But because Australia finished higher in the standings, they advanced to the final. Two of the most incredible back-to-back one-day cricket games we've ever seen. And then the final against Pakistan. Absolute stinker. We killed them in the final. We won. But it was like, oh. We played two unbelievable matches and then we get to the final and it was a bit of a snoozer. And then in 2007, the same sort of thing happened in the final against Sri Lanka in the West Indies. Uh, rain became a factor and in cricket, like you don't sort of play the next day, you just shorten the game and you shorten mm-hmm. the amount of like overs one team has and they call it the Duckworth-Lewis method where it's like, okay, <laughs> one team scored. Let's, I know, let me explain, it's crazy. Let's, let's say Australia have scored 250 runs of 50 overs, let's say. Well, because of rain, Sri Lanka only gets 38 overs and they only have to score 178. And if they do that, they win. Really took a whole lot out of... Whoa. Australia won three World Cups in a row uh, and they didn't, they didn't lose for like eight years. A couple of the finals, though, stinkers. 2003 finals, all right, in South Africa against India. Uh, that was a good game. But other than that, hmm. Can you, can you like say the, Super the rule Bowl. again? Again, the Duckworth what? Duckworth Kersey. Lewis. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they basically just make it so that you end the game on that day, and you and you have a, sh- a smaller total based on yeah, yeah. a run rate calculated on fewer overs. Yeah. It really makes it crap because you're like, 
So they scored 250, but we could win if we only score 135 or something like that. You know, it, it depends what it is. Why so. can't you play in the rain? Well, it's like, it's, it's, yeah, the, the pitch is all grass, so it gets all wet and the ball would be soggy and it wouldn't bounce. And, oh, it wouldn't bounce. No. Mm. I can't believe I actually had all of those on my list as well. Those, I mean, those, those finals were wild, man. Crazy wow, stuff. Really right, man. I mean, who would have thought Adam Gilchrist would have beaten Ricky Ponting's record? No one, but he did. Incredible stuff. I thought Ponting was unbeatable. Yes, so did I. Nobody so ever catch Ponting. That's what I would tell all my friends when we were sitting around talking cricket. <laughs> Final rapid fire question. It's been eight days since Side Talk NYC uploaded their iconic Bing Bong Riot video from the Knicks' home opening win. 5.2 million views later. Wow. Who's your favorite character from this video? Skeets. Oh, man. Yeah, I've seen your top five on Twitter, Trey. Uh, I-, I loved it. I agreed with a lot of them. It's always changing. I mean, it's sort of like a, I think you should leave uh, yeah. You know, in terms of rankings of your skits, like you've got some that are just gold. And you're like, there's no way that's not going to be the best. And then a week later or a couple days later, it drops a little bit because another one comes up. So I'm doing that with this video. But right now, I really like what you call the fresh out the garden baby guy. I also call the we taking it all the way guy. It's the guy with the small roach. And I think we have a clip here. Somebody roll this bad boy. Fresh out the garden, baby. We taking it all the way. <laughs> okay. Love this guy for a couple reasons. One, he's wearing a Mets jersey. <laughs> I love that. Nice little detail. Uh, he's got the tiny roach that he's smoking there on 7th Ave. And I love his, like, insane New York accent. I want to hear this guy say I'm walking here so bad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and, and the point. The point to the sky. Um, I love it. He's fresh out of the garden, and he's, uh, you know, we're taking it all the way. So that guy right now... Fresh out the garden, baby! We're taking it all the way! (laughs) We're taking it all the way! That guy gets me fired up, too. Yeah. Rapidly rising on my list. Um, I've been known to... Uh, enjoy a festivity just like this man. (laughs) So for a long time uh, with our buddy Joel, we've called it talking about the war. Yeah. But from now on, I call it getting fresh out the garden. I think that's just such a great term. Because we're taking it all the way. JD, (laughs) who's your favorite guy out there? Uh, You know, uh, I'm not going to overthink this. Although I would like to shout out the editor and the sound mixer of this because it's an incredible job. Like It's Emmy caliber uh you know to, to stand i've been in these situations and just to to have all of these maniacs screaming into the mic and not a lick of distortion is just uh, that's a good point it, it is a chef's kiss of a uh, production so shout out to uh uh so what is it, street street talk street talk Side street talk yep uh Side was, talk so, yeah right uh, what what is it Side, Side Talk, talk. NYC. Side Talk yeah. NYC. I'm sorry. This stupid fucking Zoom. Anyways, uh, I'm going with this guy. He's a classic. We've heard, we've seen him uh, many, many, many times. We're, we're calling him Baba Booey. <laughs> Fuck Boston. <laughs> I mean, Wait, I the <laughs> is great, but then the loser on the forehead, yeah. the Farley-esque dance with fuck Boston and then the shriek afterwards is, again, uh, he is just awesome. Fuck Boston! So he's, so he's so good they go back to him in yeah. the video, right? He yeah. gets, 
Those are he gets you you splice those together. He, yeah. he has two scenes within mm, this little right, clip. Right, so, right, yeah, right. That's how good he is. Okay, great. <laughs> Lee, you got a guy? Yeah, I, I was Bing Bong early on, but really I overlooked the guy who had a question for Kevin Durant. Someone roll that one. Tell me a little something, KD. Don't you regret not coming to the Knicks? Because <laughs> he became, turns it into guy. a mosh pit. I yeah. mean, the power like that that, that guy generates there and just that, like, obnoxious, like, don't you regret not coming to the Knicks? <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, the whole crowd is just ready to start yeah. jumping with him. It yeah. looks like all of New York is on his side. Tash, uh, you got a favorite guy out there. I, from from the moment one, I was, don't you regret not coming to the Knicks? <laughs> Especially the edit, because it's all bing bong, and then he's the change of pace guy, so that guy, that sucked me in. That guy is great. Yeah, I, it goes Baba Booey, bing bong, don't you regret not coming to the Knicks? That's like 11 seconds of bangers, back to back to back. Incredible stuff. It's, it's so good. Like, I'm, here's the crazy part with this video. Jesus from Jesus and Mero is in this video and almost no one mentions it because every other character is crazy, but here he is. Done New York Knicks run New York City! <laughs> and it's like, you don't even, nobody even talks about it. It took me like 10 times watching the video to realize it was him because you're just caught up in all the other guys. Um, I do like the guy from Dude Perfect though and his voice cracking. Knicks are here, baby! The Knicks are fucking here! <laughs> it's not that the guy, guy from Dude Perfect. I was going to say, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that guy too. They're all gold. They're all gold. They're all gold. Honestly, I think this is the best thing to happen to the Knicks in 20 years. This video coming out. <laughs> it makes the Knicks more likable <laughs> than they've been in 20 years. Yeah. yeah. It's not even great. close. Like, what's the last thing that was this cool for the Knicks? Lynn Sanity. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty yeah, much. Yeah, Lynn Sanity would have to be there. Yeah. That's a good call. Um,. Do we have the first guy in the video? I love that guy too. He really gets, he sets the tone. Which, oh, oh yeah, this guy? Double fucking overtime! What the fuck, baby? New York is fucking back! Yeah, what a start. What a great decision to start that video with that guy. Oh, it gets you hyped yeah. right away. Yeah. You always gotta set the scene. First, yep. first class in television. Set the scene. Where are we? We're in a double overtime game. We're in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> Great. What a video. And and look, I mean the truth is who will have the uh the everlasting quote from this? Uh, it's it's Mr. Bing Bong himself for sure. And that's uh, the fine. Bing Bong guy himself. Uh, yeah. I think he's got Bing Bong I think he's got alerts set up on his phone that anytime anyone mentions oh, yeah. Bing Bong on Twitter, it's like, oh, someone said it because he's always got to respond and defend it. And he's selling shirts. Him and Sons in Four Guy really uh, had a great last few months. <laughs> yeah, is, you have uh, to. You yeah. have to you know, seize the opportunity or yeah. seize the moment. And, and he has. What a video. Okay, great. That's Rapid Fire. That's the Drop Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us here. Shout out to the stream team. Email in your questions. NBA ones, non-NBA ones, no dunks at theathletic.com. Hit us up on Twitter at no dunks inc. Drop a comment below the vid. Subscribe, like, share our YouTube channel. With any NBA fan you know, grab yourself an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunk so they know that we sent you great deals to be had right now to get yourself an athletic subscription. And we will be back on Monday. Will we have mustaches? Who knows? <laughs> will the Braves be World Series champions? Who knows? Um, but we will be here to break down a very busy NBA weekend. So hopefully you'll join us at 10 a.m. Eastern live back on YouTube. Clipper Bros. 
You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And I just wanted to apologize to the legends that are Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. And I threw no, no, I screwed it up again. New kids on the block. I melded them all together. I always do. Yeah, they kind of blend together. But if there was a boy band created by us, by us, like no dunks on the block. I'm showing you a graphic here, an incredible graphic created by Caitlin in Arkansas, but originally from the SOG. We just talked about Jesus. He loves the SOG. Anyways, from Mississauga. Uh, we would have stood out. This is, this is an incredible graphic. Skeet's got a ponytail, man. <laughs> I was going to say, is that, uh, yeah, Lee's got to be the guy in the glasses of in the middle. That's cool. He got a ponytail. Maybe I'll grow that too for my. Yeah. Okay. Happy November. I'll throw this on social media or else just come check it out on YouTube. I guess the big question with that graphic is why? <laughs> why anything? <laughs> why anything? Content. Content. Uh, I mean, right. I, uh, I guess because it sounds like, you know, no, no kids, no dunks. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah. Embrace the weekend, people. You could stay. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.